In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. See it? I got to serve in Birmingham with my friend Henry Parsley, your former bishop. One day Henry said to me, he said, I see you're preaching at the Church of the Advent again. And I said, Henry, I don't know why Episcopalians like me better than they like you. I, I'm sure the Methodists feel the same way about me. But it's wonderful to be back in this church where I feel I've been blessed on so many occasions. At the university, we had a lecture a while back by a world-renowned clinical psychologist. In his lecture, he said, if we've learned one thing about humanity during the past century of scientific investigation, we have learned this, and that is human beings are trapped. Uh, DNA, our genetic inheritance, the social class in which we are born, our gender, our physical uh, composition. And then he said, if there is one more questionable phrase in English, I don't know what it is, and it is the questionable phrase is uh, freedom of choice. We're just hardwired, he said, in so many different ways that we are trapped. We people, we lie, we commit adultery, we get in bogus business deals, and then we vote for them. We, we, we're I, I think the man has got a good case. There is a kind of caughtness in the human condition. I noticed as bishop, anytime I'd have to remove a clergy person for even the grossest moral lapses, there was always somebody there to say, well, you got to remember now, you preachers, you're only human. Isn't that interesting how we use that phrase, only human, to describe ourselves at our very worst? I remember as a college chaplain sitting across from a student, he had done a, a terribly a foolish self-destructive act, and I asked him, I said, what were you thinking when you did this harm to yourself? What were you doing? And he said with infinite pathos, I hurt myself regularly without even having to think about it. As Paul cries out, who will rescue me from this bondage, this slavery to sin and to death? Yeah, we need rescue. We can't pull ourselves out of this by ourselves. In fact, down through history, you'll note all of our vaunted human attempts to get organized and to get a good program going and to, to get moving and to, to, to move forward. All of our attempts, in other words, at self-salvation, at auto-salvation, all those attempts end up only validating the truth. We are 
trapped. We, we need saving. I stand on the bathroom scales in the morning. I say I resolved to put myself through a diet. And I stand on those scales and I look at those numbers and I said, fake news. <laughs> it, I was watching on the, new, on the TV, I caught a pastor in Houston, Texas. I'm not going to remember, mention his name, but he preaches to like thousands of people every week. And he was on TV and he was saying in the sermon, you are good. You mean well. But yet you let these negative people drag you down. You have got, I want you to get up in the morning and look in the mirror and just say, I am good. I will have a good day. I will be at my best today. And I'm watching this display and thinking, oh my Lord, you're preaching to people in Texas for God's sake. Come on. It, How is it that AA puts it in that momentous first step of the 12? Our lives were out of control. We had to admit that we needed to turn our lives over to some higher power. Let's admit it. This is the truth about us. This is who we are. And yet, that raises the question, well, who, who is God? Any psychologist can tell you who you are. You don't need to get dressed and come down to church at an inconvenient time of the week to, to learn that. But you do need to come to church, particularly during these 40 days, to learn the truth about God. Who is the God who's got the likes of us? Who is that God? And the church in its wisdom gives us 40 days to stare not only at what we have done to God, but what God has done with us. The God who in Jesus Christ turned toward us is the God that we in countless ways, large and small, turn away from. And yet this God keeps turning to us. The church looks at this one tortured to death by a consortium of government and religious officials. This one put there by the acclamation of the democratic mob and says that's who God is. And it's a great time for Lent to keep relearning that truth. One of my memorable events being in Alabama was they sent me out one Saturday night to a youth gathering at our camp Sumatanga. Uh, and I went out there, I'm out there, nine o'clock 
on a Saturday night, 500 screaming teenagers, an edgy kind of rock band, and got me out there, and I'm, they got me in a golf shirt to make me look more accessible. And uh, the speaker was Duffy Robbins, a great leader of youth ministry, teaching at Asbury Seminary. And Duffy came out there, and he read to us from Romans, Paul says, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Now, Paul says, you might be willing to give your life for a really, really, really good person, but he shows his life for us and that he died only for bad persons. He who knew no sin became sin so that we, not by ourselves, but by him could be made righteous. He read this to them. And then he said, okay, now, I need your help with a little skit uh, on our stage tonight. Uh, when I call your name, I want you to come up and place yourself where you belong on this stage. Now, to my right is very, very good, righteous, holy. To my left is very, very bad, unrighteous, unholy. Now, when I call your name, you place yourself along this continuum where you belong. Right, good, left, bad. Okay, first of all. Mother Teresa, you, be mother, come on up. And so Mother Teresa came up, put herself on that side. Okay, Martin Luther King Jr., come on up. Welcomed up to the right side by uh, Mother Teresa. Okay, uh, Joseph Stalin, okay, come on up. Of course, goes to the left side. Uh, Adolf Hitler, yeah, come on up. Yeah, you, go over to the left side, yeah. And uh, then he, he, he went through Genghis Khan, Mahatma Gandhi. Mahatma Gandhi wasn't a Christian, but a really nice person. Welcomed over there by Martin Luther King, Mother Teresa. And he calls up about 20 names. And so we've got about 20 teenagers uh, clustered on each side of the stage. And then Robin says, okay, we need one last person to come join the crowd, Jesus Christ. And he points to one of the teenagers and she comes up and he said, okay, Jesus, where do you belong? And of course, uh, Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King, Mahatma Gandhi welcomed Jesus over to their side. And then Duffy said, okay, we, we're kind of happy. We've got the placement here. Does this all seem about right to you, huh? And he said, gosh, I bet you're having trouble in school, aren't you? <laughs> uh, would you try to listen when I read the Bible again? He, for our sakes, who knew no sin became sin. Uh, and as he was reading this passage from Paul, Jesus kind of sheepishly moves over, away from the righteous, away across the stage. And by the time he finishes the passage, he knew no sin became sin. He made us righteous, the unrighteous, the righteous one for the unrighteous. And by the time he finished, as Jesus hanging out there with Hitler and Stalin and Pol Pot and Robin says, okay, okay. Now, are you willing to be loved by that God who would put a, pull a stunt like this? They said to Jesus, 
You can't be the Messiah. You're always out eating and drinking and partying with sinners. And Jesus replied, I, I, if you're well, you don't need a doctor. I've come just for the sick and the sinful and the trapped. Thanks be to God.